Blog Talk Radio. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole. All right, all right, all right. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to another live episode of One-on-One with Jasper Cole. I'm coming to you live from Palm Springs, California. It is a uh, rather balmy 115 degrees today. Uh, but again, you know, the humidity was 10%. I went on a uh, a really great, like, an hour and a half hike around, I guess, around 3 o'clock today. And um, it's amazing to me, without having the humidity, you know, just how it doesn't seem as hot is the point I'm making. Because people say to me, oh, my God, Jasper, how can you live in that heat? But honestly, um, having grown up with humidity, it just, I don't know, the dry heat and I just really get along really well. Thank God, right? Um, everyone, please follow us on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm at Jasper Cole Says, S-A-Y-S. We also have a uh, Facebook page, one-on-one with Jasper Cole. And you can go to jaspercole.com, and there's a link there for the show. And also all of my upcoming uh, acting stuff and past stuff and all that good stuff. So it's been uh, – it's amazing how the week – the time just flies, you know, in between each Thursday to Thursday. I wanted to remind everyone that uh, tonight at 7 p.m. Pacific – Last week's episode with the wonderful Kathleen Gotti will rerun on BS Podcast Networks, uh, 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. And, of course, all of our episodes are archived here on Blog Talk. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spricker, Stitcher. Um, we're out there, just pretty much anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So listen, guys, without further ado, I'd like to bring on my wonderful co-host, the wonderful Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. Jasper, how do you live out in the desert like that? How do you put up with all that heat? Hey, Ralph, how you doing, man? I love the voice that you gave the people that ask you how you live in the desert. They're just all like old, de- like old, old oh, desert, old desert rats. Oh my God! I wonder if you've ever played a desert rat. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> I've played hey, one, Jeff. and I've, it's, a week from tomorrow, I'll be playing another one. Welcome, Ralph. How are you? Jasper, I am fine. Hello, planet Earth. Everything is going fabulously. I was eating downstairs with Rose, and she is doing fine. So everything is good when you look at it from that standpoint. Listen, as long as we have our health, that's all that really matters, especially these days, right? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. And I have enjoyed the stories that you share with me, I, you know, planet earth, a lot of times in between the shows from week to week, Jasper and I don't always speak during the week. Sometimes the first time we talk is actually on air and other times, depending well, on, there is that yeah. restraining that the restraining well, order, the rest, but well, I yeah, thought we, we sometimes had that get around though. that. JR said oh, he was going to lift that. 
Oh, well, JR says a lot of things. It says that. a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I am really pleased with our relationship and friendship, how thriving you keep all of us actors and just your audience on Facebook and Instagram in general. You know, you're very diverse about your political views and about your personal views and sharing family stories. So it's all very good. I'm, I'm in a very good space despite well, our listen, society. Well, we, we are we are celebrating uh, historical times. Yesterday, of course, it was the uh, Biden picked his VP running mate, Senator Kamala Harris from California, and uh, you know it's history making. She's the first Black Asian American female vice president candidate, and quite frankly, to me, she's kind of the presidential candidate because you know with all you know it's kind of understood that if biden steps aside at any point um she will step in and i i don't know ralph i don't think he could have made a better choice i mean oh i it's absolutely it's i agree with you i mean there he there he had narrowed it down to some amazing women and of course i mean any of them would have been perfect but i just thought you know kamala and it's funny because people call her kamala kamala Kamala. In, in fact, in Biden's uh, speech introducing her yesterday, he pretty much called her Kamala, but there were like two or three times he said Kamala, and I was like, oh, fuck. Donald Trump's going to jump all over that, right? He's gonna, oh, my goodness. He's going to be like, he doesn't even know how to say her name. Oh, but, right. Um, like, like he just, this is like Tamara Braun. Remember how she was always yes. like Tamara, Tamara, and people were calling her every, she was like, it sounds like Tamara, okay? Deal with it. So, I know. Um, <clears throat> Tamara, the whole thing. No matter who Biden chose, they are going to try to to desecrate the person and bring them down. So I am proud that it's Kamala and that she is a worthy choice. Kamala. 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 (laughs) Fuck. See what I mean? See what I mean? Let's call her, yeah, let's call her Cammy. Kamala, um, no. Kamala, Kamala, tomato, tomato, Ka- tomato. Just, yeah, just, Kamala. Let's just call her president. How about that? Yeah, you know, President Harris. Fuck it. Um, but no, uh, he made a very wise choice. It's going to be a very strong race, and it's keeping all of us Americans on our toes in more ways than one. Don't you think? I do. And let's just say, you know, because we always, I always say, I don't generally. Uh, I don't generally, you know, talk, we don't talk politics on the show. You know, as I said, if you want to go to my Facebook page, on uh, my personal page, I, got, I, I get all into it. Um, but the good news is we're just acknowledging an historical event, you know, regardless of which side of the aisle you are, Republican, Democrat, Independent. Regardless, it's, it's a historical moment for, for African Americans, for Asian Americans, and for women, Regardless, so that's what I want to, um, you know, applaud today, and it's history making. No matter what happens, absolutely, history has already been made. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's so funny how I was just thinking how there's so much prejudice and hatred in our society, but yet we've had a black president, and we're basically about to have a black and Asian American vice president, you know? So despite all of that racism and hatred, we are still able to move onward and upward. Don't you think Jasper? 
I do. I do. I certainly do. I mean, I was just why um, there uh, there's a podcast called She Votes and it's a uh, veteran journalist Lynn Shearer and she was on Sandy Bernhardt's uh, radio show today and basically. You know, women, it's 100 years ago coming up on the, when women got the right to vote, the Suffrage Act. And so, I mean, we've only had Geraldine Ferraro, which, by the way, I figured out today, that was the first time I voted as an adult. Um, I was 20 years old, and I voted for the Mondale Ferraro ticket. But we've only had Geraldine Ferraro, then we had Sarah Palin, and, of course, Hillary Clinton running for president. So, you know— when you think about it, we've had four females running for, well, one female running for the highest office on the ticket, you know, made it to the ticket. And then now we have two, uh, our third vice president. So, it, you know, it's weird, Ralph, because so many other countries have had many female prime ministers and female presidents. You know, mm-hmm. we're, so, we're still so far behind the curve in this country. On that, and um, yeah, it's it's just it's just outright sexism still that exists. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, we're in our United States of America, and I was always raised that this was the greatest country ever. And you know, it, it's like you're saying, it's still very sexist. You know, and oh, and God, then you yeah. know, then when you were saying, you and I had a conversation recently, uh, and and you we were talking about a mutual friend of ours, and they're visiting a dif- uh, different part of the United States and how she was feeling she was in a whole different world because of the behavior that she was witnessing. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that you and I, and I know you always qualify our show by saying we're not getting political and we're not, but these things just are need to be said, you know, we're not making it a heavily political show, but that was just very moving the way she put, I feel like I'm living in an altered universe, mm-hmm. you know, and it was very, it was just very from, telling. From, from one side of the country to the other, to the like other. from one coast to this to, coast, like she left LA and was living in one reality and she got back to her hometown and not only as a black woman, but also just in terms of, being probably a little more liberal, you know, politically. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially being a black woman, she just, you know, she just, she just saw how she feels. And I agree with her that the, the it's, it's, it's regressed, you know, the civil rights has gone backwards there. Um, she was called the in inward three different times in the past week, mm-hmm. jogging, jogging in 2020 in her hometown. You know, no, so this is, is, yeah, that just this is like yeah. this is like uh, just just uh, that's why we have to have a change happening no matter who's in office. You know, we've got to, you know, as I said before, it's 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 not an accident that we have a virus that's kind of you know I think the virus is kind of a, a spiritual sort of projection of where the world is in general, but mm-hmm. you know uh, they always say the way to get rid of darkness is to switch on the light. And light always outshines darkness. So mm-hmm. all we can think is. And speaking of more good news, I wanted to let everyone know because they've been so kind that to always check in that my father Charles is pretty much. We're going to say you know ninety five percent back to normal. He as of tomorrow he will be officially off quarantine, 
and he he has survived COVID-19 at 88 years old. And the other great news is my brother Gary, who's been living there with him for two weeks, tested negative for COVID. Um, mm. So the it's funny because my brother Gary, we're almost positive he had COVID back in March, even though he doesn't have the antibodies and he tested negative back then for it. And my dad's companion, Ernestine, also was convinced she had COVID back in March. And both Gary and Ernestine, who've been around my dad before he went in the hospital last week, and of course, Gary's been with him ever since, they both uh, test negative. So it's more to the fact that we believe they were already sick, you know, five, six months ago, and they were able to not get sick of being around my dad. So that was what wow. to hear because, you know, it's, we just have this feeling. A lot of times we feel like if you're just in the same room with someone, that means you're going to catch it. And in this case, that didn't happen because my dad, my brother's been my dad's sole caregiver for the past almost 12 days in the same way. Wow. Wow, that is very, very encouraging news. I mean, I'm listening to you say that, and then I'm thinking about the Alyssa Milano article I just read, mm-hmm. and it's like <clears throat> there's always some different story. You know, it, there's nothing is 100%. No, you know, no. <clears throat> and um, so because I didn't realize that Alyssa had COVID as well, you know, and oh, she yeah. was mi- <clears throat> and she was misdiagnosed at the beginning. You know, so oh, I think a lot of it, like my bro, I think my brother had it and was misdiagnosed. I think Ernestine had it. I mean, a lot of JR is convinced he had, I think people are looking back, back in uh, January, February, even before we knew anything about the testing that are almost positive they had it, you know, but they don't test, you know, the antibody tests are not a hundred percent at all right now. So none of the testing is a hundred percent, which is kind of, but, you know, in, in, we, people have to remember, we've only been dealing with this for six, seven, eight months, you know, so we can't expect science to have all the answers. They're, mm-hmm. they're kind of learning as, as we go. Um, but, you know, like I said, we've on our, in, uh, as far as actors go, and we, it's so exciting because we have two actors on the show today. Um, Philip Bruin, who's coming up first from Studio City, and then also Scott Turner Schofield, who's coming up at top of the hour at seven. You know, again, we have two actors and we can discuss their take on going back to work during COVID. You know, Scott started out on The Bold and Beautiful. Um, It's where he got his first TV job. And that, as we know, Bold and Beautiful has been back in production for, I think, a month now with no, no, uh, no episodes of sickness whatsoever. And um, Young and Restless is back. Uh, the TV show SWAT is now on their third episode, their third week, and no problems. And then, of course, we know The Bay completed season six with no problems. Um, you know, we have, I'm going back next Friday. There's, so the good news is people are working, and Tyler Perry did two shows already and he's got a three and four you know other shows coming back in so we're the industry is proving that it can be done and it can be done safely so bravo bravo to our union for that um i wanted to also say that there's a lot of backlash happening with sag right now um screen actors guild released yesterday that they're raising 
uh, the uh, premium rates, premiums and eligibility. And I just got a thing on deadline today that there's a revolt happening and there's a petition going around and actors are up in arms trying to get SAG to rescind that. So that's going to be something to keep our eyes on going forward because, you know, which a lot of people don't understand that actors have to earn a certain amount to get health insurance and it's based on a two tier system and it's based on your earnings. And, you know, we've been out of work for six, seven, eight months. So it's, it's just all crazy on the flip side though. You gotta, we, you know, we have to understand that the, they have to be able to afford the insurance to provide it. So it's a, it's a quagmire, but Screen Actors Guild has millions and millions and millions of dollars. So I don't buy the fact that they say they're having a hard time. No, nobody buys that. Whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's really, it's really to some, to an outsider, like you were just explaining to someone who doesn't understand, you know, in my particular situation, you know, uh, planet Earth, uh, there's four different times during the year where you qualify your eligibility. And, you know, it's staggered for different people. So, for example, my look back will begin my year to, of earnings begins April 2020. And what were we doing April 2020? We were Nothing. all quarantined and we were all shut down. Production hadn't gone back yet because we were only a month in to the pandemic. So right. to be able to look back for the year and go, Ralph, how much did you earn? It's like, well, zero, <laughs> because I everything has shut down and I live with an elderly person that I don't want to die because I was careless and went you know, to a set or to uh, some group theater event, you know, in putting myself and my mother at danger. So it is a sticky wicket. And, you know, I hope the revolt. Well, you would just think that right now with, we would be given actually breaks, you know, you. Uh, Exactly. I, I think we were kind of hoping SAG was going to defer, you know what I mean? Maybe defer this time. Like, car payments were and rents were and and gym memberships were and every other thing were but of course what kills me is they are also talking about they're going to give some wonderful in quotation marks uh opportunities to go on cobra well you know what as anyone knows cobra costs a fortune to go on regardless of what kind of quote discounts you get and then they talked about the affordable care act and all that so it's just something we're going to keep our eye on going forward because i just mm-hmm. like i said it just hit the press yesterday and already you know actors are galvanizing so but listen ralph speaking of actors let's get on with today's show we, okay as, as ever, As everyone knows, Ralph and I are huge fans of the digital drama Studio City. We've had Sean Kanan on, the creator and the star. We had Patrika Darbo on. It's, you know, some of the best eight episodes we've actually watched in the digital world. And we're so happy today that we have uh, Philip V. Bruin, who plays Nick Cassidy on the show. So everyone at this point, please welcome Philip Bruin. Well, welcome to the show, Philip. How are you? I love the applause. I'm I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, as th- three actors here, we've been we we all have been missing a little applause in our lives. So we'll take it where we can get it. 
Oh, I hell of agree with that. <laughs> I've got Philip. This is Ralph. Welcome to our show. We're very, very glad to have you. Absolutely. Thank you, Ralph. And I'm glad to hear that you guys enjoyed uh, our season here so far. Oh, oh, yeah. li- listen, uh, we we are um, we you know not to blow smoke because we you know we watch everything, and uh, I I just think it's the best digital drama out there with in a in a and that's saying a lot because all of them are so good um you know we're fans of all of them but i i just thought mm-hmm. you guys really knocked it out of the park i i, I like nice. any kind of i well, like shows that are you know i like being an actor myself i like any show that's like a show within a show so mm-hmm. I, I think what sean and you guys have done is the way you pull the curtain back on a quote daytime drama is um, is really great. So tell tell our tell everyone you play Nick Cassidy. Tell them about Nick on the show and and how he fits into the storyline. So Nick he he kind of comes in as the young buck uh, mm-hmm. more or less, and his whole setup is as you watch the show, you kind of see different themes per different episode. And these themes also kind of fly throughout the season. And the current theme that Nick is proposing on the show is ageism. Um, So he comes in as this young buck, you know, quote unquote, pushing out the older guy, which (laughs) is uh, Sean's character. Right. And so his whole setup is, is even within the first, I don't know, five minutes of seeing him, not only do you see him kind of crash onto the set, but you also see that he's a little bit of a fanboy of uh, Sean's character, actually. And that kind of plays with the dynamic between everything that he's doing on screen and everything that he's doing off screen. So you see that it may look uh, kind of on the top that he has some nefarious nature to him, but uh, he actually doesn't. It's kind of one of those scenarios where you see him doing maybe kind of shady things, but it's because he's such a strong fan of mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sean's character, and he really wants to push him and make him um, be that guy who gets the second round or, or uh, goes out aggressively for the things he should be. It's kind of, you know, lighting a fire under somebody's ass. You know, you're threatening them because you want to see them do good. Right, right. And I, th- I think the writing is so wonderful, too, because, and of course, because you have so many daytime veterans on the show, but the, the scene where, I mean, Carolyn Hennessy's character is just, well, Carolyn's so amazing anyway, but the she's scenes, a I mean, she, oh my she, God, she's <laughs> she's so, <laughs> she is so wicked. I mean, the, I don't want to give anything away, but the way she just like throws your character in Sean's face, you know what I mean? Like, and just oh, love completely unannounced. It's like, <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> I mean, it's like every, every guy's worst nightmare to have to sit, you know, to watch what he's watching. So, but anyway, everyone, please go and watch this on, it's on Amazon Prime. Is there where else can people find Studio City, Philip? So currently, our distribution is with Amazon. Um, I know they're they're in great talks and works as far as further expanding the show. Um, so it may have some more stuff coming up okay. and more places you can find it. But we can't really talk too much about it yet. Sure, sure. But I know it's going to come. Well, listen, Amazon Prime's the best place to be, anyways. I just want to make sure I didn't leave anything out. And, and am I pronouncing your right your last name correctly, Bruin? That that's right. Like the uh, UCLA Bruins. Okay, that's oh, what okay. I thought. I, I I actually Googled it and everything, but I wanted to make sure because, you know, I, I, I don't want to butcher people's name. But tell it, so tell us, how did the – was this just a, another 
audition for you? Did you did you know players already attached to Studio City? So I knew some players that were already attached. Um, and the way it kind of came about with me is I had worked with some of them, um, specifically the director I'd worked with uh, before. Uh, him and I had just shot an action film that's over on Netflix. And uh, I'm trying to remember the timeline here. I, I think we had the premiere for that maybe about a few months before they started gearing up in pre-production for Studio City. Um, and it, it, it came about in a couple phone call conversations as far as like, hey, you know, what are your thoughts on this type of project? Um, they were kind of very vague about it as they were kind of dealing with a few other moving components. And then when it actually came, tire, uh, came time and they pulled the trigger, it was very, um, whew, a little bit last minute. Um, when I actually got the offer for the job, it was on my birthday and I was in Las Vegas. <laughs> and uh, I was at uh, I was oh, on my way that to could mean, that could mean into a, lot of a concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was sneaking into a concert uh, and trying to tr- see if I could challenge myself to get backstage. And as I was getting back there, I got a phone call, and these guys were like, uh, "Tim, the director, he's like, so uh, we we're, we want to you know make you the offer for the show." I'm like, "It's." Uh, all right, it's 11 o'clock at night. Uh, no worries. That sounds good. When are you guys shooting? He's like, tomorrow. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Shit. <laughs> wow. So needless to say, it was a, a very long night, a very long birthday uh, time period, but it ended up being an absolutely amazing project. So uh, did you have to fly out the next day? Oh, there was no flying. There was no time. Oh, the way it ended up working, when I got the call at 10, 11 o'clock at night, there, there were no more flights back to L.A., and the first flight back in the morning, I think, was at, like, 8 a.m. maybe, and uh, production, <clears throat> I don't remember if I was talking to Zeb, the, the assist, the AD, I think they were telling me that first shot up was at, like, 7 a.m., and I'm going, Jesus Christ, oh, uh, shit. how do I get down there? So uh, I ended up <laughs> renting a car. I, I rented a car. And made, I had to make the fateful decision. And the fateful decision was, do I drive through the night? Do I sleep at all and risk not making it? Do I pull an all-nighter and show up to set and just keep trugging along? And uh, I, I decided to stay up. And I was starting to get uh, tired around probably like 4 a.m. And I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to make it. I'm not uh. going to make it. And uh, my my girlfriend was with me, and she like you need to call production and tell them you're not going to make it. So I tried to call these guys, like, guys, I don't know if I'm going to make it on time. And they were like, you have to show up, period. So we, uh, we pushed through. We're like, all right, that's it. There's really nothing else we can do. So uh, drove through, oh made it there, and shot the whole first episode with absolutely zero sleep. And uh, my, opening, my opening shot was the scene where I crash land onto the first scene of the show. Oh. And so I get there. They're like, take your shirt off, hair and makeup. Here's your script. I'm like, all right, when am I up? They're like, in five minutes. I'm like, wait, what? And good to go. Oh, wow. God. That is, like, that is just like every actor's. I mean, on one hand, it's, it's a nightmare. But on the other hand, it's like a thrilling kind of thing where, you know, it's the excitement oh, it's like of. a shot of a journal and like, okay, let's jump out of a plane onto this set. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So now yeah. you, di- you did have are you saying that you didn't have the script before you got to the set? So for that scene, yeah. So for I that see. opening segment, um, I did not have that, that day's sides. 
Uh, mm-hmm. They were still emailing it to me, mind you, but I, if you remember, I was driving, so I wasn't right. checking oh my, my email. God. I was going down there, and once I showed up, I'm like, all right, where are we at? And they're like, oh, you should have gotten everything. Here you go. Here's first shot. I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, all right. Quick coffee, a little two slaps to the face. and uh, Wow. Did, did, did you have a long day? Was it like an all-day thing, or did you just do your scenes and crash? It was a long week. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, wow. I, I did my scenes, um, and then we shot through the entire day. And um, trying to remember, I, I think we had a, a, a fairly late night, and then we had an early morning the next day. And so I, didn't, I, I got virtually no sleep moving into the next day, which was fine. But the second day is when I started to feel the crash coming on. And I'm, I'm sitting there in the rafters like, trying not to nod <laughs> off and people are like hey you're coming up I'm like all right all right i got this we're, we're good to go <laughs> oh shit wow it's amazing what you know what you do with adrenaline right i mean it's it's mm-hmm. you just have to go with it thank god you're young too well now um, i want to go back philip and watch your first entrance on the show knowing what i know now right oh, right yeah. That's because amazing. you make it look so effortless, no one would have ever known that ever. But when you hear the backstory, it just makes it even more compelling, Philip. That's fierce. You know, I, I always find that sometimes, you know, I, I'll watch movies now. I, I watch more film than I watch television, honestly. Mm-hmm. But when I'll, I'll watch stuff and I, I may like or dislike an actor, however, if I read the backstory and what they went through to get their <laughs> role, and I just go, you know what? I have such a different respect and, and, and I'll, I'll toss this out there like I remember I don't know if any of you guys are Batman uh, uh, yes. fans are yes. you? Yeah. Alright so when, when I remember when Ben Affleck got uh, uh, the offer when it publicly came out that he got the offer for Batman there was an uproar against it like you know how can you cast this guy and then I remember watching it being like it was alright but then I read about his backstory and he had gotten the offer years before they even went into production and just busted his ass, worked out, got in shape, worked the whole segment, and then you just see how hard that somebody can work mm-hmm. and have a just total different appreciation, you know, for right. when you go back and watch it the second time. Yeah, the wow. preparation that goes into it. You're that's true. There should be that's why I love like um the making of kind of stuff on on films, you know, the the added footage and stuff like that. You're right. My problem is now, Philip, when I Ralph knows this, when I watch a TV show or film what I start looking at is like, oh, shit, so how long were they there? Like, you know, it's like I look at the, the weather and I'm thinking, man, it was 110. And, you know, <laughs> what were they who, – who was sick that day and who didn't feel well? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All the mm-hmm. stuff that goes – that kind of stuff. But um, so let's, 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 let's go back. Where did this whole acting journey for you begin? I know that you were – uh, modeling, I know you come from the print world, commercial world, but how did you kind of segue into the theatrical acting world? You know, it was actually flip-flops. Um, I oh. was uh, originally out in North Carolina, um, and there's a Screen Gym Studios out there. And you guys, do you remember a, a little tween show called Dawson's Creek? Yes, oh, yeah. I do. Yes. Yeah. So Dawson's Creek filmed in my hometown as well as a, a bunch of other um, films in general. I think they had domestic disturbance shooting there, mm-hmm. Black Knight, um, Surface, a whole, a whole variety of things. And uh, when I was in high school, I, I kind of started getting 
playing like some featured roles, nothing that would be really credited as we'd see now, but doing featured stuff on Dawson's. And that kind of got me itching into having fun with this whole performance thing. And then there was a pilot that came to town and I went in as an extra or, or featured extra. I don't remember. And uh, when that was shooting, I, I met the production team and after kind of meeting them and, and just having fun with those guys, um, the pilot ended up not. However, um, another project came to town and that same production group was staffing it um, or they got staffed onto it. So I got called in to read for it. And that was actually my first show was called uh, Whitaker Bay. Oh, now I that, remember that. Uh, we, yeah. Yeah. So we shot one season. It was competing with uh, one tree Hill at the time, as far as that mm-hmm. kind of uh, prime time tween drama type thing. And uh, it's funny. I, I talk, I talk to some of the castmates now and we say, you know, man, if, if that had come out this, these days and gone on Netflix or Amazon, <laughs> that'd be giving Outer Banks a run for their money. I'm like, yeah, right. that was, you know, 15 years ago. Right, but, right. Uh, so, so we did that, and I really fell in love with it. I, I was kind of really green and trying to, to feel it out. And, oh, my God, I remember even my first day on set there, you know, I, I think we had like five, six pages to do, and I was so nervous trying to make sure I got the lines right instead of actually acting. I remember the director pulled me aside, like, if you can't get this, we're going to write you out. And that was the first day of oh. shooting. I was like, all oh, right, nut up or shut up and just deal with it. And uh, so that ended up being my first show, and I really fell in love with it. So I decided that I wanted to move out to Los Angeles. And then when I moved out here, I, I went and did the whole conservatory route. And while I was out here, I got scouted by a modeling agency and the the sad truth is the print world, commercial world is fast, easy cash. Yes, yes. And um, I, made a, I made a transition like, oh, this is even better than acting. And I did that for a number of years. Um, and I almost considered myself kind of retired out of the acting game um, until probably a few years ago here. And I, and I met a couple of directors and uh, – I met a, a couple agents and went to some dinner parties. A few people who said, you know, hey, you should basically get back into the game. What are you, what are you doing here in this print world or the commercial world? And I thought about it for a little while and uh, said, you know you what? Said ma- you said making a lot of money besides that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I decided that I, I wanted more of a, a creative approach and not to say anything on commercial or anything on print sure. because that it still has its great benefits, but I enjoy Oh, so much more creativity, so much more expression, so much more thrill to to the regular theatrical world. And um, even as I got back into it, I've even shifted over time. Like I went, um, I worked on a project with one of the uh, Hemsworth brothers, and he suggested I go out to Australia and check mm. out their market and work locally out there. And I did that back in uh, 2017. And that was just so amazing. By the time I got back to America, I was just like, I'm not the same man that I was. And I need to do different type of expression, do different type of uh, um, chasing as far as projects and what I want to do. So how was it? Were you doing television in Australia? So I I started out doing commercials in Australia. At the time, uh, Aquaman was shooting there and Uh uh, the Pacific Rim 2, the second one, was shooting. Um, And I was doing some testing there. And um, the sad truth was that some things happened uh, with their prime minister and our um, 
uh, 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 group over here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically ended up working out that um, a lot of the actors' visas got pulled. So uh, they, yeah, so they decided to change a lot of the visas um, that were there. And um, they basically, there was a, a whole huge thing. And I decided that I wanted to stay there and live as an illegal immigrant. <laughs> and Good for you. So that was an interesting experience. And it was fine. I told my agents, uh, I was like, all right, so I'm illegal. And they're like, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> so about these projects we have you in line for, uh, production's not going to really let you work them now. So I was like, uh Okay, that that sucks. They have a they have a thing called Australia First, where if your paperwork isn't right, then they give it immediately to the runner-up uh, for Aussie talent. Oh. And uh, I decided, well, back to America I go. Mm. Well, it's, that's so interesting because so many Aussies, you know, we they come here for work and brilliant talent, obviously that could go down the list mm-hmm. of them. But um, I love the fact that I what I get from you is what I love about you is you're you're a hustler, but in the best way, you're a business guy and you, you, you know where to go where the opportunity is. And I wanted to say also, you're, you're a testament to like networking and having, you know, people hire you. Um, I wanted to say, was The Outsider the film that you, that you did with Timothy Woodward over on Netflix? Is that the movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. It was it's excellent. It's, I know I have auditioned for Timothy, and I know his work as well. So you, we you have know a lot of that. So funny that he said that. I was just talking with him today before coming on the show, like an hour ago, and I told him I was on your show. He goes, "Oh, I know Jasper. He auditioned for me before. He oh, told me oh the exact God. same story." He is oh, the greatest crazy. guy, and he's another one you know that just really does his own projects and gets them, gets them made and gets them out there. I've always been so impressed with him. So um, it is, you know, it really is right. It's such a small town. That's why I say to people, you know, be careful because, you know, everybody knows everybody on one level. Yep. So don't burn, and it, and don't it's burn anything. Any... Because... Oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go, go. Oh, so I was just going to, to, to uh, concur with you, it's such a small town, and, and you see it getting split up between. It's either the the kind of mogul side of town, mm-hmm. the high budget studios, and then you also see the kind of indie and that kind of in between area, and the, the crisscross uh, between everything. And then it's just like I was even working on a project. Um, uh, last, was it this week or last week? It was a one-day shoot um, you guys were talking about uh, earlier. Yeah, well, I'm going to talk <laughs> about People that. are yeah. sick on set. We were shooting in Joshua Tree. It was 110. Just like, oh, my God. Wow. But um, even those people on set had crossed over and worked with other uh, people from Tim's Productions. And it's just a small, it's a small yeah. world when you really look at it. I know Ralph and I have at, Ralph and I have actually been on you know the you know you've been here a while when you go on a set and like the wardrobe or their hair and makeup person you know either you've worked with before or you find out that they know a buddy of yours and it's that's when you know you've been working for a while which is kind of a good a good feeling but I was going to ask you too I'm sure I'm sure quote coming back into acting you know as a, as an more of an older, when I say older people, I'm talking about, you know, not a teenager. Um, it was a totally different perspective, I'm sure, for you coming back into it 
as a, an adult as opposed to when it kind of fell in your lap when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, um, yeah. Is it more of a question? Well, it's more like what do you, do you see? Do you have more of an appreciation? I guess would be the the idea of just also you know, and also as as guys as we get older, I think the better roles come our way. You know, it's a little it is total sexism, but you know, as guys get older, I think we work more. So it sounds like you're finding that there's a lot of great roles for you at this age, and you're you're still very young, so. The good news is there's going to be other great, <laughs> a lot of great roles still to come. It's, it's, it's weird to, to recognize me. It's like I'm young and not young at the same time. No, I, I definitely <laughs> agree. With you. When I when I was when I was younger, playing around with, and I don't even want to say playing around with. When I was kind of trying to break into it and mm-hmm. was getting my co-star credits and some guest star credits and stuff, um, it was different. I I don't think I knew who I was as a man as much. And I think that's right. a big key difference because before it was like, oh, just give me anything. And, and anytime there were certain things that made my ego feel really good. I, I remember one time I had worked with um, uh, Robin Williams right before he passed away. And I mm. remember I was a kid and uh, I did something on set. And he's like, oh, kid, you know, you're really funny. And I was like, holy shit. Robin Williams just told me I'm funny. That's the best thing of my life. And it's such a different thing now because now I look at stuff like, God, I was just a, I was more of a kid looking for that appreciation, that validation, that excitement. Whereas now kind of having grown some more, having had some more worldly experiences, having uh, touched on masculinity in, in very different ways and mm-hmm. that it makes me view what I want out of it and not and versus what uh, chasing after something Mm-hmm. in that kind of green, uh, naive uh, way, whereas now, like you were saying before, as far as, like, recognizing the business things, because technically it is. It's called show business. Right, mm-hmm. um, right. And you never know, you know, it, that can either work for you or, or work against you. And uh, I remember even as a kid, I still say as a kid, but uh, being younger, I remember being so emotionally involved, attached even to the auditions or the possibilities or starstruck or, um, you know, the, the crushing weight of when you, you know, you're, you're meeting, you're in your second callback, you're, you're reading for the producers, you're doing chemistry reads and then you don't get it. And just how you're crushed. Crushed. Uh, you know, yeah. Starting now. Whereas now, like I, even here during quarantine, I know you guys were talking about how certain productions are moving forward. There were a couple mm-hmm. other productions that were trying to figure out how to shoot uh, remotely, basically having sending production gear to mm-hmm. to actors. And, and I went and I was uh, contracted for this film here about a month, month and a half ago. And uh, the lead actress had, she backed out. She had a, a conflict of some kind and backed out and the business came and stepped in and uh, they said, you know what, well, we're going to have to go with this actress and she just pairs better or sells better with this guy. So we're going to have to, uh, you know, take out the contract or, or revoke it. And I'm going, ah, you know what, this was younger me. I'm sure I would have had a way different approach to it, but now I say, you know what, I, I, I really hope everything works out. Like you guys are awesome. You've got an awesome project and uh, you know, best of luck and please keep me. Let me see, send me a link or where I can actually watch. It. I right. It's going to be amazing. 
And that right. comes with age, experience, and, and maybe developing that leather skin and recognizing how the business is. Because mm-hmm. I, re- I remember there's, there's even a, um, uh, there's a, a memo from Paramount Studios when I was working on uh, Outsider, I remember I saw this memo and it, it said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, basically we're in the, we're in the business of making money. You know, if right. the idea is to make money, it's not to make art, but if we make art and art helps us make money, then that's the way it's going to work. And it kind right. of elaborates upon that. And it, it really put a lot of things into perspective as far as how this is technically show business. Show mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what's so true. And I think a lot of us, once we take the personalization out of the business, like you said, that it's not personal, like, you know, I, we, we've, most of us have been replaced or, you know, at some point. And when they tell you, Jasper, you know, we're going in a different direction. I always say, yeah, just not my direction. I get it. Um, yeah. <laughs> y'all are going South and I'm over here. Yeah, north, but yeah. I I'm, gl- I'm I'm glad you're not my Uber driver. Thank right. you. <laughs> right. No word. Yeah, but you're right. You know, Philip, it, it just takes more once you've worked long enough. You know, it takes the personal personalization out of it, and like you said, that that can only happen with time. So that is that is truly one of the benefits of getting older in the business is you don't beat yourself up as much. And, uh, mm-hmm. and just realize too, that when you have a body of work, you, you know, you kind of, I have this philosophy now. It's like, it's, that's not my part. You know, that was my buddy John's mm-hmm. part to get, you know, you just, it's, there's enough to go around for everybody. And, um, but we don't get that when we're younger, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing sadder. Yep. To, there's nothing, I don't know how you guys feel. There's nothing sadder to me than when, when you meet an, a veteran older actor or actress who hasn't gotten that memo, you know what I mean? Who's still, (laughs) (laughs) who's still still kind of reacting as an ingenue or a young guy, you know, and you're kind of like, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to be rough from here on out for you, but you know, but I was going to ask you, yeah, like in the already outsiders, right. I know. You, but in the outsider, you got to work with like Danny Trejo, you know, some really amazing, uh, even Trace Atkins, the singer. How was it working? Did you have a great time wow. working on that project? I had, that was in <laughs> an absolute uh, amazing project and sad storm that happened. Um, I don't know if you guys read any of the background, but the uh, we lost our set during the uh, California fire. Um, and oh, it burned I forgot down. about so that. To, That's right. They had to change the whole like ending of the movie and rework a bunch of stuff. And um, at that time, some of the actors were from overseas and their visas only allowed them to be here for a certain amount of time. So there was like a very strict, like you have to get these scenes and, and at the sad part was is it was the actual end of the movie. Um, wow. And which we were, we were at and seeing how it adjusted and it still came out marvelously, but I think it was so cool working with trace trace became, um, I, I think I probably, I probably hung out with him, uh, John Fu and um, uh, Sean the most when I was on set and I really had a, 
whole different appreciation for Trace, not as a performer, but as a mm-hmm. you know, man. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were sitting around in these, you know, ranches 30 miles outside of L.A. in the middle of the desert, you know, and you're sitting there waiting for stuff to go on, and we'd be chit-chatting. And I remember him telling – I was asking him specifically, like, out of everything that you've done, everything you've done, what's your favorite job you've ever had? And he's sitting there, and he's like, well, <laughs> working on an oil rig. I'm like, wait, oh. what? On an oil rig? You've been a movie star and been a country music star? He's like, yep, it was exciting. He almost died every day. I'm like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Wow. And he just, it was really cool hearing his stories and hearing how, you know, fame Maybe it hit him before. Maybe he's come out of it. But at least at that point in time, meeting that man, it was just uh, – it was really cool to to hear that. And very comparable with, with uh, Sean Flannery because I remember growing up watching him in, like, Boondock Saints. And they're like, mm-hmm. he's such a badass. And then when I got to work with him, I was like, dude, you're pretty awesome. I remember you in Young Indiana Jones and stuff. And he was uh, – he was sitting there sharing stories as far as, like, just the reality of things and, and – I don't know, a, a lot of the messages I key in on now when, I, when I'm on set and even talks with Sean Kanan, him and I would chat, is about, uh, you know, how are you grounded as an individual? How are you grounded as a man? How are you, um, you know, being the best person that you can be and, and not getting infatuated, I'm not, I'm sorry, not infatuated, uh, inflated in the head, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. as some people out here that I see get. And it's been a real privilege to have worked with some of these guys and, and hear that even as, you know, as far as amazing careers that they've had, they're just really grounded individuals and, and very, uh, you know, guys, guys. And I appreciate that. Yeah. And Sean, you know, Sean is also was on the Bay and, you know, he was in the digital drama world, Emmy nominated, did some amazing work on, on the Bay as well. Um, Yeah. You know, you, like me also, I start to realize, you know, everybody's just trying to do their job and, I would say just get, you know, get home in 12 hours and get, <laughs> and get, Hopefully. Know, get, Hope God we get home. No, no third meals, please. God. Oh my God. Right. So let me ask you, since you, you've just said you were uh, shooting in Joshua tree, how was it? Um, Cause I'm doing it next week for the first time. How was it being back during COVID? Were the, were you guys all like following the safety guidelines and all that stuff? Yeah, so they were following more of the state guidelines versus mm-hmm. more of the SAG guidelines. So I know SAG guidelines are about you have your different sectors, and if you want to cross to a different sector, you get the blood test, you wait your 45 minutes, and you cross over there. So they right. tried to do it more of a, a – say what? No, I was laughing. I know it sounds like, you know – it's like a, a sci-fi movie now to to be on a set, you know. I know, Phil, because I couldn't help but think like, <clears throat> oh, listen, Kathy, I want to come over and talk to you for a second. Okay, listen, let me get a blood test and I have to get some urine <laughs> and I'll see you in about an hour. Okay? I'll be, I'll be there in an hour. Okay. Right. Wait for me. <laughs> but go ahead. Sorry. But I, yeah, the but, state uh, But yeah, so it was. It was uh, it was good. So the the cast members, you know, we were all um, set to go in. So we were all congregating together, and we didn't really get close to any of the crew members. That way, we kind of kept that uh, distance, and um, and and that was okay. It was it was it felt slightly different 
um, but not too bad in, in consideration. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I I haven't shot on a well. I did. Now that I think about it, I was out in in Las Vegas doing a, a job as well, and they they were a little bit more of the um, the sector like or section mm-hmm. oriented type stuff. They didn't do the blood test, but Vegas is different than California under the Nevada right. standards. Um, right. But it was still, I mean, it's it's definitely different. You feel the impact. Um, I haven't personally had. I've been on a set yet where you have to do the blood test between your different mm-hmm. A, B, and C sections. Uh, I'm right. sure once I get there, I'll probably be like, let me get to section A, and I'm not leaving <laughs> section A. I will right. stay here all day. Somebody get me a book. <laughs> well, it's true. I mean, you know, the Bay the Bay just finished. They actually, they actually shot on a ranch up in Santa Inez above uh, Santa Barbara, and they lived on the ranch. So, um, they did the whole quarantine living together. I, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you know, like summer camp acting boot camp or something, but it, um, yep. they pulled it off, you know, and, uh, other shows are back. So I, like you said in the beginning, I think <clears throat> in some ways, I don't know. I think a set might end up being one of the safest places because it, it, it can be so regulated, you know, and, uh, protected. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Philip, what I wanted to ask you, I just want to make sure I understood. When you said the actors, you actors were hanging out near each other, had you all been tested before you were doing that, correct? Yes. And yes. the testing and, and that you we did. We weren't interacting with the crew. Um, I so see. We, were, like, our, we were basically in our holding area. Um, and so we wouldn't really leave the holding unless we were going on to, you know, our location spots. Um, but we weren't kind of going in and out and we weren't going and hanging out with the crew or anything like that, which you know, on a normal set, I do that. I like kind of chopping exactly. it Me too. Yeah. Everybody on set's cool as well. Um, right. So what kind of test did you have? The nasal swab? No. So um, I, I get the, uh, the blood work done. Um, so I, I get it through, um, oh, geez, who does my insurance cover it with? Uh, Quest Diagnostics, Quest Flag. Mm-hmm. So Quest Flag, I go and do my uh, weekly blood tests with them. But I know I some see. people do the, the swabs, but I haven't really gone to do that. Just I'm like, I don't want to sit in that huge car line out by Dodger <laughs> Stadium. I'm right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's, that's a sci-fi movie within itself, you know, just seeing the – that everyone in the hazmat suits. Well, truth be told, guys, I don't know if you know this, but C- CVS Pharmacy, I they're not paying me to say this, but um, they do the the nasal swab. I did it here in Palm Springs, and you actually pull up. You make an appointment online. You do your insurance online and all that, <clears throat> but you pull up to the window. They give you the kit, and then they talk you through it. But this way you're sort of, you get to put the thing in your own nose. So some strangers not, you know, yeah. And I have to say, it's kind of like having control of it. So it wasn't as jarring, you know, it wasn't as like, Oh shit. Someone's jamming my nose with a, with a Q-tip. Somebody's giving a lobotomy uh, with a Q-tip. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so, and then um, they tell, they said, well, it's going to take six to 10 days, but I had them back in two days online. So Mm. it was a, it was a great, you know, set up. I mean, they have a drive-through window here. I guess they have to have one to do it. But just you know, just as an alternative, if you don't want to go sit in the uh, the Dodger Stadium line or whatever, um, something to think about. Yeah, I but like I want that. to ma- I want to make sure people know they can follow you on. Um, everyone can follow Philip on, on Twitter. 
uh, at Philip Ruin Two, and then on Instagram, your Instagram is what is your Instagram? Sorry, Philip. So, it, so I, I have two Instagrams, and uh, I, I've been kind of going back and forth. So I have my personal, and I have my work. However, I've kind of slowly merged my personal into being work and personal. Um, so that was just at Philip Bruin, uh, P-H-I-L-I-P-B-R-U-E-N-N. Um, and then the other one that I'm sure that you guys might have seen was called uh, Working Class Hero. Got it. Here it is right here, if I put my glasses on. And that's more – is that just more your career stuff, more um, – business stuff. Yeah, that's just more like kind of like behind the scenes of different projects, mm-hmm. but I, I slowly stopped kind of posting and promoting on there and then have been kind of rebranding the uh, the personal one to be both work and personal. All right, that's a good idea. Um, and, and any yeah, word yet? Yeah, I mean, I know... To... I... Oh, sorry, I was just going to ask you about a, a new season of Studio City. I know things are kind of up in the air right now, but we're we're all hoping you guys get back to work on that soon. Yeah. Um, you know, that is, I, I've chatted with Sean a few times. Um, I know that they are in the works for something here. Um, I have heard some whispered rumors, mind you, yeah. how they may, <laughs> may be true or may not be true, but I have heard whispered rumors of a production dates and um, hopeful timelines. So we'll kind of see how things uh, play out. Uh, through the year here, but uh, I'm really glad that you guys enjoyed it. You got to tell me, well, you know, other than the the story within your, the story, what were your favorite things about Studio City? Oh well, well, um, well again, I mean, sorry, Ralph. I, I, you know, as as a, an actor who's getting older myself, I just, I first of all, I thought Sean. I think Sean's work in this is also really brilliant. I mean, the the places he goes as 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 an actor and i know he's not playing himself obviously you know what i mean but with sean's whole background mm-hmm. a little it's a little tongue-in-cheek right to his own mm-hmm. career mm-hmm. and i think i just think between um the writing with his wife and the way they they just they just pull back the 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 veil on you, you know we hear so much about you know actresses aging but we don't really hear anything about how it affects male actors, especially, I guess, leading guys, right? Leading men, not yeah. so much character actors. Um, so I was fascinated by that relation, about Sean's relationship as, as quote, an actor. <clears throat> and then, of course, with the, the ex and then, then uh, well, and then Patrika, you know, the whole storyline with her. And I thought also Tristan Rogers is just the best work he's ever done. And Sarah yeah. Joy Brown, I yeah. mean... Carolyn Hennessy, uh, Ralph, go ahead. I know you loved it as well. For me, Philip, as an actor, I, yes, I'm, I'm older now and I'm more grounded. What you were talking about, uh, which really touched me, by the way, when you came back from Australia, you were a different kind of man. And I really mm-hmm. like the way that you said that. But to Studio City, for me as an actor, I love behind the scenes stories. So that's why I was mm-hmm. so into your story about how you got Studio City and driving with your girlfriend and renting a car. Like, I live for that kind of stuff. Like I'm getting goose pimples now because I was like, when you said (laughs) I just got to the set and here's your script. Remember my question was like, now, did you not have the script before? Like, you know, cause I'm thinking, well, you must've been so flustered and now your shirt is off and you're in hair and makeup. Do you know the lines? Did you have time to even 
ground yourself as an actor for that. So with all that said, watching Studio City, <clears throat> I couldn't help but because I had seen and I worked briefly with Patrika Darbo, getting to see her comic turn into a tragic turn mm. or a sad mm-hmm. turn was so powerful to me because mm-hmm. it was Sean <clears throat> inviting an actor who is known so much for the buoyancy and the the laughing and the bubbliness to hire the mm-hmm. actor to still play that but I I want you to turn on a dime too and go yeah, there yeah. it was riveting for me with Carolyn Hennessy I know Carolyn and, and Jasper and I know her <clears throat> and I really love her work and on stage and off she was playing the kind of character I'm used to seeing her play, but it was so just throwaway and real. Yeah. Throwaway yeah. and real and cutthroat, and this is the way it is. And I have one of the biggest penises, even though I'm a woman right now. <laughs> and she just played that with such a smoothness that, you know, I love that. Okay. Now, when you get to someone like Scott, oh. in that monologue, Philip. Mm-hmm. I was like, I told Sean, <clears throat> because in the scene, the way he had staged it, Sean is off, like, standing in the doorway watching mm-hmm. that scene. And I asked if Sean had contributed, Scott had contributed to any of the writing. And he said, oh, yes, by all means. Because here's a, here's a show we're watching that's very funny and so poignant and real. And that's what really mm-hmm. did it for me. The writing, it, 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 it's glossy. Yes, glossy meaning that you guys have great production values. But seeing that those drastic turns with these really powerhouse characters <clears throat> just did everything for me. And like uh, to repeat what Jasper said about Tristan's performance too, it's like, wow, look at all this quality work. And I was riveted. And it made me keep watching. And that's why when yeah. Jasper asked what's, what's down the road for Studio City, I want to see more of it. You know, there's so much to watch. There's, oh my so, God, there's so much to elaborate on. Like each of those people have these own like miniature universe stories, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. You get whole full-length full episodes that would just fully elaborate all of that and be so amazing. Yeah. yeah, you yeah. know, well, so you really, oh, well, go on, Jasper. Well, well, even Philip, your character. I mean, you get to play. You get to play the difference between, you know, the 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 actor on the show and then the actor off the show. Like you said, you know, we get mm-hmm. to see you playing like a like you said, fanning out uh, for Sean. I mean, you do such a great job of being the quote nemesis for hire, but yet being the fan in real life, and that's a that's hard to do. I mean, you show the colors on this, you know, we, we see the distinction, um, which yeah. is hard to do. I mean, you do that really well. So <clears throat> it's just exciting. I mean, listen, I, I, I love the fact that it's, we have all these other platforms and these venues now as actors. In fact, there's so many, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be reading deadline or something. And it'll say like, you know, such and such show canceled after th- three seasons. And I'm thinking, what, who, who I've never heard of it, but 
which well, mm-hmm. it's just like it's like our radio show platforms, Philip. I mean, um, every week there's a new platform. It's like LGBTQ A to Z. You know, it's right. just mm-hmm. like something mm-hmm. is always yep. being added on. <clears throat> but studio. But, but City, let's not welcome. forget the beauty of that is that if it get, if you, it gets canceled on one platform, you so many times over I've seen canceled shows get picked up for new seasons on right. different platforms, and they right. just exactly. continue the same congruent story. Yes. I mean, it's, br- I mean, for us as actors, we have so much more opportunity now. I mean, even that's why I think for award shows now, you know, I think they're going to have to expand the the number of nominees, you know, because there's so many more shows in general. And, and, you know, if you're picking only five actors back in the day when there was what four networks and two cable services, it kind of made sense. But now when there's, you know, 10 streaming services and, you almost have to allow more actors to be in one category to really kind of spread out the the love. So, well, you know what I was just thinking, you guys, can you imagine, you know, just like SAG has done this horrible thing and, and the actors want to revolt. Can you imagine if for the award shows, they said, okay, from this point forward, you can only win once. Once you've won, you can <laughs> never win again. Can you imagine <laughs> how that would. Time, there needs to be more for the rest. Yeah, right, you know, right. Can you, can you term it's like term limits for award shows. You can't yes, exactly. Yep. You know, yeah. it's you know that would it, change things. You know, I, yeah. and you guys are making me think of this uh, of one thought here because you know the whole aspect of we have the unions right for for our rights, but it leaves open opportunities everywhere, and we have all these different platforms. What if these platforms started contracting actors with them like they used to do in the old studio days, mm. like somebody was contracted yeah. with Universal, and so they don't go to all the other platforms, or somebody's contracted with Quibbly, so they don't go to all the other platforms? It could be an interesting development. Well, That's yeah, it's kind of like it's like Issa Rae with the HBO kind of thing when, when they signed a, a deal with a network, correct, Jasper? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Where they're, yeah. But but it's interesting because I think on the streaming services you you see more flexibility you know you see more you see actors get to sort of jump around not so much with the networks you know right now mm-hmm. so yeah but that's a yeah. great idea Philip thank you food for thought Gabrielle Carteris I hope you're watching Carteris Kamala <laughs> Bruin however the fuck you people say your name um, <laughs> hope you're listening. <laughs> Just, just like, don't take away our health insurance, please. Just don't, yeah. All. Like yeah, we had wait, Mr. No, all that, just please, we'll just keep the health care. Yeah, right. it's like residual. During, during a pandemic, folks. That's, you know, now residual it's not, payment. Now it's not the time to, you know, slash, slash people's health care. Yeah, listen. Uh, now, Philip, now, in order for you to be covered, we're going to be doing your look back, um, starting at a time when work was forbidden. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Hope you make it. Good luck. Hope you make it. See you there. See you on the other side. Yeah, Cobra. Like, wait, Cobra you know will be there. Funny they go, wait, you did make it. Oh, that, but you were working when you weren't supposed to be working? <laughs> oh, no, yeah. no. I mean, uh, how do you answer this? Um, now, know. listen, we just saw here in your records that you were living as an illegal in Australia. <laughs> so we were wondering how that all went about, Philip. <laughs> oh, my God. That's true. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, listen, oh, guys, time is just – we could talk forever. Philip, thank you so much for being on today, and it's a pleasure to, to meet you via uh, the radio show. Hopefully we'll meet in person one day soon. 
Yeah, pleasure meeting you guys as well. Thank you for uh, having me on here and having uh, sharing some good laughs with me. Absolutely, <laughs> Philip. You were a joy. Thank you. Good luck. And stay stay safe All out right. there and congrats on everything. And we'll be watching for the the next season of Studio City coming up soon, we hope. Thank Studio you again. Studio City hey. season two. All yes, right. Thank you, buddy. Yay. T- take care. <laughs> energy and articulate and you know i like oh, that combination yeah, yeah it was a, he's a great guest i love i loved his you know i love every actor has uh, has these great stories i mean there's an example of look you couldn't have, nobody could predict how he came into the business right um, yeah like i just you know i said that about the print because generally you go from print to commercials into theatrical and his went the opposite direction but again it was it was basically going from being a, like a teenager Mm-hmm. Then an adult, and then as an adult actor, so it's a little bit of a, a different kind of journey. But yeah, I love the fact that Timothy Woodward, he's working with him. I love Timothy, and hopefully we, I, he and I can finally work together. And um, our second guest schedule for today is Emmy nominee Scott Turner Schofield. So we just are waiting on confirmation that we're going to get Scott on today. I don't want oh, to. Oh yes, absolutely. <clears throat> While we're just on this, I wanted to say to you, Jasper. You've created such great relationships with directors and producers in your tenure here in Los Angeles. It is so wonderful. You know, that's very encouraging. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a compliment, but it's just nice to be able to say that because there are a lot of people that haven't done that. You know, they've just done the job and they've gone on their way and they're not thought of again. Or do, and the producers don't want to think of them again, whereas people are calling you and saying, we just created a role for you. Do you want to come in and do this? You know, or, or when you're these auditions that you get where it says, um, just ad lib. I was like, Oh my God, you are telling the wrong person to ad lib because that is his forte and he will run with it. Like that reminds me, I have to boomerang it to myself. Back in New York City. You haven't done that in a long time. I don't even think you did the last show, Ralph. Well, no, you have to pace it out. You got to pace it out. Can't think, Keep, keep things, oh. you know, you don't want to beat a horse. But oh, I remember okay. back in the, uh, okay, back in the day there in Manhattan, there was this restaurant called Lips, L-I-P-S, and it was all the, the big, the, the big draw to the restaurant was that the, all the wait staff were drag queens. And oh. so <clears throat> James and I and a group of us, we went there, we were there for dinner, and we're all there sitting at the table. And at one point, you know, you would hate this. The drag queens, you know, <laughs> they they come out into the like they've been serving you throughout, but then they get their finery on and they come out and they do a big old show number, right? But all around the tables where you are. Well, this one drag queen was at our table and we were all just rocking and rolling. Drag queen picks me up from the table. Like, you know, like a man carries the woman over a threshold <laughs> right? and brings me onto stage. And I just started singing and dancing, ad-libbing with them. The people at our table was like, oh, honey, they chose the wrong person to go up (laughs) on stage with them. They do not know what they've gotten themselves into. Little did they know, I do drag also, girl. And now you're bringing me up on this stage. Oh, hell yes, I'm going to (laughs) perform. 
and then you completely took over and just pulled complete focus, right? Yes. You know, so much so it was like, okay, get bitch off the stage. It's like, well, honey, you picked me up from my table. Okay. Be careful who you pick up, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. That is that hilarious. That is hilarious. It, you know, and one thing that Philip touched on, I didn't want to just keep being a downer about the testing, but – I didn't realize that. With <laughs> well, the- <laughs> I, I, the, the, I felt the binary part of you was about to kick in. And then, oh, you know, you, yeah, the binary <laughs> questions were starting like, well, wait a minute. Now, wait, like, I the know, love, I, and I was like, I was going to have to cut that shit off. I was like, okay. Ralph's about to go, he's about to go down the Miss Marple binary questions now. So. <laughs> because uh, and you're you're so funny how well you know me because uh-huh. already I was standing there like oh I didn't know, realize that you could tell if you had the live virus from a blood test I thought it had to be done to, I thought the blood test was well, only for the antibodies it, I think yeah I think that's what, I mean that is right he he's just getting the antibody test with with the thought though that if you're if you're sick you're going to show up with antibodies. That's kind of their the thought. Oh, that's what, really? So these fifteen minute, all these fifteen minute rapid testing, that's all just for the antibody. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not for. Oh, it's you not for the, I thought it was with the nasal swab. I thought they did the swab and then they had to take that to the lab. But they're no, taking most of the most of the rapid stuff is blood work. You got to get your. You've got to give the blood right there for the rapid test. But okay, Miss Marple has a question. Uh-huh. What if what if you test negative for the antibody, but then you have another? I mean, yeah. What if you test negative for the antibody, but you actually have a different strain in your body? Well, that's why they say the. That's why they say these tests are not reliable. I mean, that's why you still have to stay distanced, masked, gloved. And not be on touching people. Oh my God, I am just the worst. You are so funny. How you can just pick it up in my oh, I know. it was because... coming. I, I let you do one. Like I let you ask the first one, and then I thought, <laughs> oh, he's gonna... Philip doesn't know what's about to happen. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, I'm gonna have to step in in a second because Ralph's going to. He's going down a binary rabbit hole in a second. And oh Philip's my gonna, God, Philip's gonna be like, well, oh, wait. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but what? Because then you're like, you're, you're like, well, then that just contradicts the article I read on Alyssa Milano. Milano, but, because um, she was but then, told that but she then, was... but then you know, Geraldo Rivero said this, and my, but then and, and Charles, father, Charles Malcolm he, lives in fucking rural Georgia, girl, <laughs> and got it. So you know how? What the fuck, Philip? What's going on here? <laughs> You know. <laughs> what know, kind of game Phil, are you Poor Philip is just like, well, I, you know, basically, yeah. I think Phil, I love how Philip was like, um, yeah, well, the Joshua Tree shoot was following like the the, the state guidelines, meaning, meaning we kind of were just sort of COVID light, you know, they were like <laughs> guidelines light, like here, here's some, here's some Windex and some paper towels, y'all. Just Good luck with clean, that. Well, it's the doorknob kind of- for it. It's like that the testing that you said at CVS. It's very like here's the swab, girl. Have at it. Um, we don't care how far you go up that that tunnel, girl. Just stick it up there and hope for the best. But you know, Philip did say something that was poignant, which was when you were asking him what was it like on the set. He goes, "It was different. 
Mm-hmm. It definitely was different. And that's something that you're going to be feeling. I know you have a small cast and stuff, but oh my it, God. it's just only five people, but still, yeah. It's yeah, because you know remember Jasper how it's like you almost shook hands with somebody you like oh shit. I did shake I because, did shake hands with a oh, neighbor. You did, because we get we're so you we're so not it's like touching your face. It's something right. we do kind of involuntarily. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I've laughed on a few shows. Before. Well, we're not going to have to worry about Jasper going up and hugging on anybody on no set, girl, because no. he don't like people, and he don't like people touching him on a good day. Okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> so this I mean, when they, they, talked about like, they talked about like, oh, staying in your dressing room, and Philip was like, you know, I like to mingle with the crew. The truth is – I actually do as well. I mean, I like to, I like to talk to the crew, but I'm also very happy to just be, you know, sequestered in my, my room. But I was going to tell you another, I keep forgetting Charlene Tilton. She started a national lifetime movie on Monday. She's shooting uh, 12 days in Nashville. Mm -hmm. And um, she started on Monday and I text her uh, yesterday just to see how it's going. And she wrote, everyone's lovely. It's very different, but it's, it's amazing. Mm. So she's the first person I know that, and this is Lifetime's first um, first time back shooting anything as well. And they're in mm-hmm. Tennessee, <clears throat> so they're following the, the Tennessee guidelines as well as SAG. But when I can actually talk to her after she raps, um, the girl playing the lead that's playing her daughter, she has a 22-day shoot, and she's on the set every day. Mm. I know, right? So it's fascinating. Well, <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, Jasper, we'll just keep writing this as it goes on day by day, week by week, month by month. But it's so weird hearing how, like, you know, Philip was saying, well, they were following more of the state guidelines, more of the SAG guidelines. Tennessee doesn't have no guidelines. Georgia's not wearing a mask. Anaheim, you only have to wear a mask on Wednesdays. It's like, how are we (laughs) going to contain or destroy this virus with all these floating guidelines, you know, like – right. It's just, it's just amazing to me. I guess, I guess what happens is it takes longer for the virus to go away and that will eventually flatten out at some point. It's just going to take a lot longer and people are just becoming more upset because they're losing income and what have you. <clears throat> well, yeah. And then also, you know, the, the goal is hopefully by, by the beginning of the year, hopefully there'll be some sort of vaccine or treatment. You know, Fauci has said, um, in February or March that he thought by the end of the, by the beginning of the, of the year, we would have something. So that's only, you know, that's, that's not being too unrealistic, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, the truth is, I mean, like with anything, we just have to be diligent and all, all we can say is, you know, we're just, as you said, minimizing the risk. That seems to be our, I got, I got that theme. from you. you. You said it one week and I just said, you know what? I like those three words, minimize the risk. You know, I'm all like, you know, I am very concerned for Rose, as you know, and I'm not trying to be higher than mighty or anything. When I go to Ralph's supermarket with my mask and what have you, I want to believe that I'm doing all the right things as well, you know. And the only reason why I think I am is because we're five months into it and I haven't had, you know, if 
if I'm asymptomatic, I mean, that's just so amazing to me, this virus, how some people are just like, oh, my God, I feel like there's an elephant on my chest. And other people are like, oh, honey, I was jumping out of an airplane and playing tennis, girl. You know, so (laughs) (laughs) it's, you know. But, you know, think about it. It's the same way the flu, you know, the flu affects people differently. I mean, Mm -hmm. every virus is different. I mean, the the key is most of us who get the flu shot, you know, it, it, even if we quote, get some strain of flu, it keeps it from being that drastic. I believe that being healthy in general right now determines how, how bad COVID's going to be. If you get it, my mm-hmm. father had no underlying health issues. You know, he really doesn't have heart disease. He takes a blood pressure pill, but it keeps it monitored. So, so I believe, you know, a lot of the, sadly, a lot of the people, not all, obviously not all, but a large population of people who are going on the ventilators or, or people who are fighting obesity, heart disease, diabetes. And, and it just goes back to what I was talking to someone. It may have been you, but I was having a conversation about if we in this country would focus on health as much as we do treating sickness, we wouldn't have as much sickness, you know, exactly. If, you know, if we could all try to be healthy, the, do you know, the average American is, is overweight. The average American is obese. I mean, the average American doesn't exercise. You know, there's a long list of things that the majority of people don't do. People who actually work out and take care of themselves, sadly, are in the, in the minority in this country. So, yeah, it's really true. It's like that brings up the point of acupuncture, how the insurance companies would never cover acupuncture or cover it very limitedly, limited in a limited fashion. And I don't think limitedly is a word in a limited well, fashion. You just made it up and we'll, I'll make, just it make, it, we'll make it one. But limitedly. Yeah, it's just like. That is so fucked up. Acupuncture really helps get to the root of a lot of things, whereas the Mm -hmm. Western medicine just treats it, as you just said. But why wouldn't they let acupuncture, you know, cover acupuncture more? You would save so much on hospitalization and surgery that way. And they, you know, greed just doesn't see it. It's like these articles we're reading, oh, from SAG, they're like, well, you know, it's a high rise, the escalating cost of healthcare. It's like, why does it keep going up? Why can't we put a ceiling on it? Don't charge $400 for a tube of paste. Well, well you know? if, we had, if we had universal health care, we would – see, if we had universal health care, SAG insurance wouldn't even – that would go by the wayside. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't even have to have SAG insurance. So, so it's just, you know how much money SAG makes on their insurance? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, that's the whole thing. All we have to think about is when you think of SAG – just remember the top 2% of actors who make all the money, the, the superstars that are making 25, 30, 40, 50, a hundred million dollars. Don't forget SAG gets dues from that, from their, mm-hmm. they, their your SAG dues are based on your income. Mm-hmm. So, so don't, don't, don't think that they're not getting money off all those movies right. as well. So exactly. it's just a it's just, just a cycle. But well, guys, listen. I don't think I think something has come up with Scott Turner Schofield, which oh. quite frankly, well, we'll quite frankly, being selfish, that means we can have Scott for an entire show by oh, himself, and this yeah. way, Philip Philip had his entire his own show today. Exactly. So, well, no, it, um, all, it all works out fine. Yeah, and so everyone, just a reminder: we're not going to be live next 
Thursday because I'll be working, but there will be obviously archive shows are available everywhere on all the platforms and um, they'll just go, go on to blog talk next Thursday and there'll be a show running from, from the past. And we'll be back live the following Thursday on the 27th. Seventh. And uh-huh. Yeah. And we have great guests coming up then. Ralph, as always, thank you so much for bringing your A, B, C, D, E, F, G game all okay. in one. <laughs> you're very, very, you're very welcome, Jasper, and good luck on set next week. Oh, thank you, and give Rose a big hug and a big kiss, and everyone, follow us on social media. Ralph is at out at Ralph Cole Jr. pretty much on everything. He's also mm-hmm. on Facebook. And remember, you can go to jaspercole.com, check us out there. We'll see you in a week from to, uh, two weeks from today. In the meantime, bravo, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Go get them. <laughs> go sick them. Everyone, regardless, just remember you're going to vote on November 3rd. Ralph, take care. We'll see everyone soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.